Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we talk with people around the world who can help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor, certified eating disorder specialist, and advanced clinical hypnotherapist. Calming the Chaos Podcast is for those who want self-help resources and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I talked with Adele Wang about the power of your own energy to calm your chaos and create new community within yourself and with others. Adele is a certified energy healer and licensed art of feminine presence instructor. She's also a musician in the Atlanta, Georgia area. In this interview, we talk about all things energy and it really is a fun time. In this interview, we have a new conversation about chaos and the stress that's in our world today. And boy, is there a lot of chaos in our world today. And she talks about how understanding energy as a different language can help us all communicate better and deeper and be able to form better and safer communities. So let's take a listen as I talk with Adele Wang on Calming the Chaos podcast. Hello, hello, everybody. Wow, that was energetic. See, look, she's practicing what she preaches, right? Glad to be here. Wonderful. Yeah, nice to see you too. It's great to be able to explore other ways to calm the chaos. And when we think about energy, we sometimes glaze over. I know that when I say, I have energy about this, somebody may say, like, what the heck is she talking about? Or like roll their eyes at me or glaze over. I don't know if you get that too, but I like talking about energy. I don't know about you. Absolutely. I I think energy is probably the easiest way to communicate. It's only that our English language is uh, a little limited, but Mm. it's, it's, you know, words are the best thing we've got right now. And my thought is as we progress and and learn better ways to deal with chaos, stress, that we, we get better distinctions in what we mean to describe something we're already feeling. So it's not like we're going out there and getting something new that we didn't have before. It's just, Mm. we're developing a better way to articulate and distinguish what everyone's already, we're all swimming in it, you know, in the chaos and the event with people, with ourselves, it's already here. And um, yeah, the more curious we can be about it, the more useful it is. Because I feel like for a lot of people, English may not be our first language. It was always energy. Um, This intuitive way of, feeling in the room, feeling people, feeling yourself of the the knowing. And until we were taught that we were supposed to think our way through things, mm-hmm. we had this energetic way of being in the world. So I just love that you're, you're opening up this conversation. 
Right. Yeah. And and so when you say that energy was probably our first language, that's not too far from what I was taught as a counselor is that when we're born, we're all emotion and emotion is energy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And energy is everywhere. And sometimes it can feel so abstract, you know, our brain sort of, you know, gets scattered. What are we talking about? But our emotions, our energy, our thoughts have energy, our body has energy, our, our spiritual presence. I mean, everything is energy and not all energy is the same. So mm-hmm. uh, by being a little curious and distinguishing between them, we can perhaps communicate a little easier, deal with ourselves and our own chaos a little bit more effectively. Well, what got you interested in or even aware that energy was a thing? And then this is something that you wanted to ex- explore further. What got you interested and started in this journey? Well, I wish I could tell you that I had some magical defining moment and I was, but it was really from a, a life of deep um, depression. Mm. anxiety, social awkwardness. I was lonely in a crowd all the time. And I didn't understand that. How can someone be lonely in a crowd? Um, I considered myself pretty intelligent. I was raised to solve problems. So if something is hurting, well, you fix it. And that's usually applying some sort of knowledge, you know, out of a book, a theory, a concept, you fix a problem And I discovered after trying to do that uh, with reading many uh, self-help books and a lot of analysis with myself, um, I understood things, but I didn't feel any better. And I feel like that is one distinction that I feel like our communities are heading towards. As we start looking at things at how interconnected people really need to be, to be groovy, that we can't just sort of be off in our own little world understanding our psyche, but not feeling better. So um, anyway, I didn't understand how I could be so miserable and so knowledgeable until I one day, it's a long story, but it was a, a, a series of romantic relationships that kept blowing up in my face with this one last gentleman. I was madly in love with him. He could hardly give me the time of day. And I remember a click going off in my head that I felt like I had tried so hard to understand people. I mean, I had really applied myself. I had studied attachment theory. I had read this, I had read that, the Myers-Briggs, everything that I could find a model for. And it, for me, wasn't working. I wasn't getting any results. I just felt more frustrated and disappointed with myself. And I reached a point where I said, I've kind of come to the end of the universe of what's possible for me in understanding myself. And if I don't find another way, I really don't see the point in being here. Mm -hmm. This man had broken my heart and I saw nothing possible that wasn't what I'd already done before. Like, well, what good is this? You know, it's not working. And at that moment I said, well, you know, I I give up. I had to surrender. And if I don't find a way, I'm just going to leave. And through a, a process of Um, very unusual coincidences and synchronicities. Um, I wound up meeting some people that I had never heard of before. And I think it's because I was so desperate. I said, fine, whatever, do whatever. You know, I was that open. And they really introduced me to a a very different way of being. 
that used energy because at that point I was talked out. Like for me to talk, just was just it was just spinning round and round and round. So my original healing had to start with a nonverbal approach. And mm-hmm. if I started talking, they'd like mm, you know because they knew I would go off into that re- rational reasoning of what's wrong, and and they knew that there wasn't going to be any new juice there. It was too miserable. So my own work had to start with the body first. And then in, then they kept saying, you know, Adele, you're actually very good at this. And I would say, no, 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 I'm not interested. You know, I was very vested in being appropriate corporate. I'm a, I'm an analyst, this and that. And then they reminded me that, you know, I, I had a memory that I remember when I was little, I would see things around people and, plants and animals. And I, I learned real quick to not mention it because it made my mom really uncomfortable. I think people thought it was either mental illness or I was lying and making things up or it just, just stopped doing that. And, but once I started going for, well, what the heck I remembered that. And I said, well, maybe it's not crazy. And um, I started working with people sort of behind the scenes. I didn't tell anybody. Was this big secret that I was? I had this big corporate job on one side, and somehow people started to hear something about me. I don't know. It's just oh, Adele knows something, you know. And I, I, you know, people started showing up, and I was getting good results with them. And at first, the healing was primarily physical because that was what I knew the best—the energies of the body, you know, the the congestion in certain um, parts of the body after chemo, disease. Uh, um, I, I had a lot of accident um, things, you know, where the, the body's trying to heal itself. And I looked at it primarily as the energy of the body. But as I started working with more and more clients, I noticed that there was something else in the room that was also energetic in nature. Um, and I said, well, you know, I'm being called in this direction. And it had to do when people started speaking. And I realized there was there was a wealth of information of that was connected to why people were feeling the way they were or what illness they were dealing with. And it was intimately connected and even even more than I expected. Um, I had heard about you know the stress component, but it wasn't until I was working with clients and I saw how deeply this went, did some more research, and I discovered that these lights that I was seeing around people had a lot to do with what was happening in the emotional energy of people. And that was very correlated to how people were thinking. They're slightly different. Actually, they're very different. And in our culture, we kind of mishmash them all together. You know, your beliefs, you know, just manage your beliefs. And I started noticing how many clients I got that were doing a lot of positive thinking, positive affirmations. They're working really hard to be positive, And the body was just collapsing. Because they were lying to themselves. They were they were trying to fool themselves into being more positive. And so the emotional field was completely whacked out. You know, it wasn't fully expressed. And then all these pieces had to connect with um, their spiritual inquiry. So I started to feel that there are different layers of the energy field. And then within each of those, there's a whole, you know, there's a lot within just the emotional layer and the physical layer. And so I became very curious and the more I worked with people around the world, um, I started noticing, well, I mean, you could call them pretty amazing healings. Um, and, but, and for all of the physical recoveries I was experiencing, it was really people starting to feel alive again. 
that got me more excited. Your purpose, your meaning, better relationships. And I realized that was my biggest Achilles heel growing up, that I was lonely in a crowd all the time. And because that drove me into understanding connection between humans. And again, I wasn't interested in clients. <laughs> I'm just trying to fix on myself. And then when I saw what was happening with people, I started to pull out everything that I had learned from people around the world, medicine people, teachers. I'm like, well, this helped me. And wow. I mean, that's when the work really bloomed. So that's what I'm dealing with. That's where I am now working with clients around the world. And that's why I feel our English language is a little limited when we talk about energy, but we already feel it. Mm -hmm. don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so it took you a devastating breakup and this history of mm -hmm. trying to be, uh, you know, sort of a pragmatic in your head, yes. cognitive, maybe doing that sort of work and knowing that there was that that was that only went so far. And it only and I, went I, so far. Yeah. And it reached a point where if I couldn't see any more light, I didn't see any point in staying here because right. and, and for me. That was why uh, maybe it wasn't the bright therapist at the time. I did seek out uh, psychotherapy. But what happened was we were just talking a lot because um, I had such a clear understanding of my problems, issues, that nothing was moving. Um, and now I'm, I'm aware that there are many different kinds of therapy. And at the time, I didn't know. I thought, I thought all therapy was the same. But now, and I've done some training on my own, this crossover of energetic work, body work, psychotherapy, psychodynamic, I mean, all these things have value. And that is, it's a really exciting time to be in this field. Well, so it, it, when we talk about that end of the road and like why even be here if I can't progress any further, where did you go first to even seek out yeah. the solutions that you needed? Right, well, um, I'm trying to remember, there was a sequence of events where there was a, a medicine man, uh, a native tradition, coming to Atlanta, and he was doing a lecture. And I had a friend who was really, I said, into the woo, not that I was, you know, and, and, and she didn't want to go by herself. Oh, come on, let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm not interested. You want to go? I'm not. And she didn't want to go by herself. Oh, come on. So I finally grudgingly went. And I'll never forget, everyone else was so excited to, to be there. They're sitting on the edge of their seats waiting for this guy to come out. And I, you know, I'm staring off like, I, I'm just here, you know, don't pay attention. Not that I believe any of this. And now I know that that much resistance meant something. I feel like I had an intuition something was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I was a little scared. And this man came out and the whole time I was like, no. I don't, I'm not here, you know, I don't believe this. You guys are all crazy and I'm not crazy. And um, I'll never forget, he kind of looked at me at one point and he said, you, and why, you know, I'm just sitting here. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not causing any problems. And he kind of looked at me and said, come talk to me after the presentation. Ooh. Oh, and I remember that, that my palms of the palms of my hands start sweating. I don't remember anything of what he said. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in trouble now. And afterwards, I grudgingly, you know, I dragged myself up there. I could hardly look at him because I was I was angry and scared at the same time. Mm. Like, why me? Like, what, what did I do here? But I, I wanted to know, you know. And he said, You might benefit in having a conversation with me. I'm like, no, 
And, and, and he gave me, he sighed and he gave me his card and I kind of took it and put it in my purse and, you know, my, I dragged my friend off and yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. Um, and I remember feeling very strange. Like, what was that? Um, because my cognitive mind could not absorb what was going on, but I was already feeling into the energetic of the room. And this is what I want the audience to know. You're feeling stuff before the mind knows. And wouldn't you know, I kept that card for almost a year in my desk drawer. Mm. You know, if I'm not interested, why did I do that? And one day when I was still not over this breakup, I was, I was just beside myself, I called him and he remembered who I was. He's just get over here. And I remember driving over there just feeling like I had lost my mind. I mean, it was just like something out of a movie. And he started doing some work with me and he was the introduction to a whole series of events. And I'm very glad that happened for me because yeah, I was oh. in a dark place. Well, so you, in, in a sense, went back to your roots because yeah. as a child, you were seeing auras or you were seeing colors or lights or yeah. it, you were seeing energy, which not everybody has the gift of doing that. Yeah. And he, I'm just kind of curious, did he see that you had that gift or like that you had some sort of a gift? Who knows? At the time I thought, oh, he just wants a client. You know, I was very suspicious, <laughs> right? Yeah. You just want me to pay to come see you. It's possible. I never asked him exactly. I'm not sure I wanted to know. Mm. I was just like, just whatever, you know, and I was very, just do your thing. I don't want to know about it. But at that point, I'm like, anything that will help me feel better. I don't care if I have to stand mm. on my head and recite something. I don't care. I, I, it was that bad. And well, um, yeah. Yeah, I've had colleagues say that. I've had colleagues say, you know what? If standing on my head on the table and kicking my legs around and singing a song is going to help, I'll do it. I'll do it. I, like you're at that point where you're, you're so desperate. Absolutely. And mm. I think the circumstances, you know, just kind of lined up that way because he opened my mind and I was very resistant about it. You know, like, not that I believe this. And he was asking, well, how are you feeling? And I had to grudgingly admit it. I, I'm actually feeling better. Not that I believe it. Like I was still <laughs> of two minds. Like this is placebo. Like my brain was all this. Right. Um, and then after he kept sighing, like whatever, you know, and we kept doing some work. And again, he knew to not have me talk too much because I'd spin off. But after a while, the work became much more engaged and um, he, he left um, the, the area and I decided to pursue studying with some other people who are very knowledgeable and um, not all of them are big names. They're very good at what they do. And they said, you are really good at this. Mm. And I'm like, hey, well, you know, and then people started coming. And at that time I was balancing corporate and this woo life. And yeah. frankly, I think a lot of people in the audience can relate. I also feel like this energy kids seeing energy is much more common than parents realize. And if we could nurture that instead of saying, oh, there's something wrong with your eyes. Imagine, I mean, it's, it's, it's natural. Just like the way I explain it to people, it's kind of like some people have an extra sensitive nose and they can work in the perfume industry or you've got really good ears, you work in the recording industry. That's, it's just extra sensitivity. It's not like paranormal. It's just some people can see it. Very normal. I, I cannot tell you how many people I have met in my practice and with my own woo-woo-ness uh, who have had, had that uh, very 
thing happen to them. And, and then they were told to be quiet and you know, this is crazy. You're crazy. And so I wonder if that was maybe the block or the congestion that you described earlier for you to engage upon some sort of a, a, what's called woo woo or hippy dippy, whatever, whatever they call it, right. Hippy dippy. Um, It's possible. I also think that I was so disconnected with my own energy with me and people. Like, so the only time I could really be happy or see the full spectrum of energy fields was out in nature. So when I was outside, I would actually see more, right? Because I'm, my energy field is relaxed. There's openness. But when I'm in a crowd of people, I do see, but I'm already tense. So, so a lot of this is the more relaxed people are, the better the interaction you're going to see more, not like you're, sometimes people try too hard. I want to see someone's aura, right? So they're, they're straining, but really when there's a relaxed state, it just, you know, so I did not know how to talk to people. That was my biggest wound. And that was why I was lonely all the time, but I was very smart. So I could hold down a job at a bank and it and, but I was lonely as dirt. Hmm. Well, when you say socially awkward, did you mean that you, struggle with social anxiety? Cause I know a lot of my clients do too. Like I'd, I I'll go out there, but if the, if I had to be around people, that's not going to be great for me. I would say for me, the biggest problem that I'm sure a lot, almost everyone can relate. I was obsessed with what people thought of me. Mm-hmm. I was so desperate to be liked. I did not care what I had to do. I was constantly pinging someone's energy field. And, and because I had the ability, you know, Oh, this person wants this. This person wants that. Uh, there's a little the, the codependent, I guess, would be the word from the a therapeutic community. But that's what, how I thought you had to be with people. Mm. You 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 read what they need and you give it to them. And by that, by Jove, you're going to have a relationship. And it was always out of balance. So I'm a specialist in being obsessed with criticism from others, judgment. Um, I knew how to yap. So like shyness can come from people like shutting down. I didn't have that. I had nervous blurting, you know, like, you know, and, and unable to really relax around people. And then what happened was the more I knew I was doing that, the more embarrassed I was because I couldn't stop it. Like I knew people could tell and I was mortified, but I couldn't stop because I didn't understand what my energy was doing. I hope that you said you were, you, you said you were pinging, you say you were pinging other people's yeah. energy fields. Is that, yeah. did, and you were, that was not a conscious awareness, right? You weren't aware that you were doing that, but you would somehow learn that that was adaptive yeah. uh, in order to survive or get information. Yeah. Is, am I getting that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is very common in codependent situations. Uh, and one of the number one things I work on with clients is this this thing, this phenomenon, they don't know they're doing it. They don't know any other way. So it's like a blind spot. So if you don't know what you're doing, you can hammer out all sorts of cognitive things and DBT and all, but you're not aware of what's happening when you're around another human. And, and I describe it as an anxiousness of feeling, are, are we good? You know, and, and what, what did you need from me? And, you know, how can I help? There's that anxiety to, to be liked. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That, that like was my biggest help for many years. And that's why I, I, I think just about every client I have has some flavor of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the root of a lot of anxiety and, and chaos in this world. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and there's a book called Anxious to Please. And I think I actually own that book. And it's about that very thing is that I am so anxious that yes. you're going to be okay with me. Yes. And and that was what you were going through as far yes. as the socially exactly. awkward blurting, all the yeah, stuff blurting. that you were doing. And I didn't even know I was doing it because if we could live different lives all at once. Then we can say, oh, in this one, I remember what it felt like in the body to not do that. But all we have is a sample size of one, me, myself, and I. And if you've been doing that since you were, you know, a month old, how else can, because this requires a rewiring, a rewiring of the nervous system. It's not a cognitive thing. It's how the nervous system responds. And I'm sure you as a therapist, you've probably been very versed in what's happening with polyvagal theory. I'm so glad finally that stuff is becoming more mainstream. Although to be honest, energy people, we've known that forever, but it's it's now becoming more uh, well-known. And even that is not the full Monty, but I am so happy that people are exploring nonverbal ways of helping people feel better. It's absolutely very useful. Right, right. Well, and so the rewiring is really super important, not just to do in the cognitive realm, in the think, feel, and do, and this is how we think differently and how we structure our beliefs, but in the actual body and including the body. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing I'm happy to see starting to change. It used to be everything was about beliefs. Everything was about mindset. I'm like, oh my God, if I read more about positive mindset, I'm I'm just going to explode because (laughs) I mean, it's not that it's wrong, but I got, I would get so many clients that were down on themselves because they're doing their affirmations they're thinking positive and their lives feel awful. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know any other way, then you start blaming yourself. Well, I guess I wasn't positive enough. Let me go off and be more positive. I'm like, stop. Like, let's just (laughs) relax a bit. You know, I, I can be very damaging, to be honest. Like, if that's the only tool you've got, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a good one. I'm not saying that affirmations aren't useful, but there are a lot of other more efficient and, from my point of view, faster ways to wh- wherever somebody is to help move that along. Yeah. Well, you sound really super passionate about energy, energy healing, and all that comes with it. So was there a jumping off point where you said, I'm done with my corporate career and I'm going, I'm just going for it? What was that point? I I wish I could give you guys some glorious story that, you know, one day, you know, a hummingbird told me I was the most (laughs) resistant. So I held on because I'm, 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 I'm slow. So folks, I was not always this way. I was the most risk averse, shut down, introverted, socially awkward stress ball you can imagine. Hmm. I'm honestly, I mean, if, if there was a bell curve, most of the audience is probably well ahead of where I was. I mean, I was really on the tail end. And so what happened was I said, okay, I can do this. I can learn about energy and all this stuff and kick butt in corporate. I, don't, I can do both. 
Of really course you would. Of course you would think that way, right? And, and <laughs> there's going to be this big firewall in between the two. So they'll never find out about each other. And that way I won't have to make a decision. So that, because that's the way I always did. I don't want to have to choose. I'll just excel in everything and keep everything afloat. And that way no one leave me mad at me. I can't make a mistake, you know, and because making decisions for me was so terrifying. I was convinced, you know, you close one door and that's the end of it. So I, so basically I was working a corporate job and the practice was growing, my side clients. And then it reached a point where I was pretty busy and I was pretty tired. And at that time, the, uh, I was working for um, a major telecom company and they had a rule from IRS. I, I, they brought me in as a consultant. I was making lots of money and they loved me. And they said, Adele, we love you so much. And IRS rules have you limited and how long you can be here before we have to start the clock over in terms of whether you're an employee or a contractor. Can you take six weeks off and come back. And this was like around November. I said, sure. I mean, nothing gets done in November, December anyway. I was happy. And so I thought, well, you know, the holidays. Then January came along and I didn't call them back. Oh, wait till February. And then before I knew it, it was like July. And they kept calling. And I noticed I wasn't exactly dying to go back. I thought, good noticing. This is a sign. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's me. Oh my goodness. So you just never went back. Never. They kept calling and I felt bad because I did not want to say, I don't want to come back. I kept making these excuses. No, that was the truth though. You, I don't want to come back when that was the truth. Yeah. I made up all kinds of lame excuses because I just, you know, so reluctant to pick a path and stick with it. Because you don't know what will happen. Because in my family, nobody owned a business or a practice or did anything like this. Everybody was a physician, a professor, you know, Ivy League doctor, lawyer, that kind of thing. So this idea of going off and doing something a little bit different, well, that's, you know, don't you want to go back working for the telecom company? I mean, you were doing quite well. And, mm -hmm. and the thing is, I didn't hate corporate life. It'd be different if I was miserable every day. But I, I was all right. But... I was more intrigued with this side. So I get a lot of people now who are making that transition from a corporate existence to something much more evocative, soul-driven. They want to get out of the chaos. Sometimes they hate corporate. You know, I remember having bosses that, oh my God, I was miserable. So I, I do remember the how, how stressful that way of living can be. And they're trying to get out of the chaos of, well, if I don't work for somebody, what do I do? I'm like, Get in here. Let, let's dance with this. And then we're unpacking the energy fields. You know, let, what, what's going on? Yeah. Some people are fine doing corporate jobs and that's great. But there are people that are just really stuck in the like, gosh, is this is a, as good as it gets here? And what am I doing here? This doesn't feel right. And yeah. just plot along anyway. Right. And my secret thought is that corporate life let's just say it can be very difficult. Um, it's not designed, frankly, for the best of human expression, human potential. The model came from the army, basically, military. You've got one person on top and you got, who says the marching orders are X, right? And everybody else, you got the lieutenants underneath, da, 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 and you got the rank and file at the bottom, just following orders. Now, I think corporate is changing, but 
I still believe that for most people, it can be a very difficult environment. And there's a lot of soul searching that has to happen. It's not a bad thing, but many people now are leaving. And I see a new type of industry business coming on. We're, we're in a very interesting time. So I love the title of your podcast. It really is chaos in a, yeah. in a very um, potential way because things are breaking down. But there's a new way of no one knows the path. You know, we have the big resig the great resignation going on right now uh, because of COVID. Where are all these people going? They're exploring. So we're all in the soup of chaos and out of chaos comes new form. Yeah. It's very nerve wracking and exciting. So I think this podcast is just what people need. Yeah. And, and people need people like you too, to give them other ways to be able to understand what's going on with their systems. And so I think when we think of chaos is anything but order. And so we yeah. had, we were going along before COVID and there was this order of things that we were doing things and this is the way we do things. And then COVID happened and it changed that order. And that um, was part yeah. of the chaos. And, and then we're discovering order doesn't necessarily mean happiness. You know, our, our Western way of thinking has order as efficiency mm -hmm. and uh, no fighting. But my gosh, underneath the surface, whew, you know, right. so now we get to see what's underneath there. Yeah, these rich forms of development could happen if we would just allow them you know, to, to emerge. And the chaos is part of that. And that's why I love chaos is because it does disrupt the order of things. And in my view, gives us a chance to look at things from a different perspective and figure out new ways to do things. Yeah. Chaos um, invites creativity. Order doesn't do that. Yeah. Order, you know, invites more order. I mean, this is the way we've always done it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think we, right. we need both. And I think that we have been more on the side of order than chaos in uh, past days. But boy, I'll tell you, if you look for um, maybe December of 2019 to the present, there's been a lot of chaos and mm -hmm. it's not been all for that. It's been, I believe, a very good learning experience for a lot of people. And there's been a lot of really good positive change happening. I don't think everybody sees it that way. That's the way I'm choosing to view it right now. What do you think? I, I, oh, I'm on board with you. Yep. Oh, yep. Awesome. Well, I wanted to ask you then about your other other self which is the musical self you are a professional musician and I want to learn a little bit more about that because I uh, dabble in music too and have played professionally what is it that you how, how do you how do you do music and do you actually incorporate music in your healing with your clients I do I think music helped keep me alive growing up because um, it was a way to express energy. The limitation was there was a certain way to do it. It would be like the difference, like dance, for example. Um, ballet is very restricted. And, and same with being a classical violinist. There's a way to do it. So even in the arts, I was constricted. And now my music expression, I, I can do classical, but I'm, I'm exploring, you know, I'm, I, I back up a lot of rock bands that come to Atlanta uh, you know, Moody Blues calls and I'm back there. And it, it, it's a different way of expression. And I'm seeing so many parallels with um, how people are with music and art, 
with their energy. So a lot of times, if someone is totally out of whack with their energy, I invite them to explore dancing because and you know, nobody has to see you. You can just, you know, turn on the stereo, whatever music and explore moving again, mm-hmm. you know, because we are animals. We, we need our body and what kind of energy is in there and can we amp it up? Because that was very helpful for me. Um, mm-hmm. Dance and um, music were just so helpful for me in my healing because they took me out of thinking how I should be. Yeah. How would you suggest that one goes about dancing? I'm thinking about the last time I really danced around was way too long ago, number one. And number two, it was with my kittens. When my kittens, my kittens are four now, when they were both kittens. So three years ago, and I used to have a string in both hands and I used to dance around to music and I used to, they used to play with string. When you were talking, I was thinking like, where did those days go? And why did I stop dancing? How do we get that back? Is there a tip that you can give us about that? Just start. And, and animals can be great because animals dance with the moment naturally. You know, they don't sit there and go, ooh, how do I, a cat just moves, you know? And so we can learn a lot from our pets. Mm-hmm. I honestly think pets have helped save humanity. In fact, I was on a podcast recently interviewing someone who specialized in this communication that uh, they still hold that innate movement of the moment. And so if we learn from our cat, you know, we can, um, that's useful. Instead of, you see, now people have to check out books to learn how to dance or, you know, even parenting. I got to read a book on how to do this. I mean, we've gotten so distanced from our natural impulse that if we mm-hmm. just just try it. So n- there's no how-to manual. Crank on your best music. I would say the number one thing I would insist on is that the music be something you really like. If you don't like the music, try something else. Yeah. That would be my, yeah, do that. I'm just, I'm just thinking about people out there who walk their dogs every day. I wonder if people, when they're walking, they just have their, their phones on or whatever, or even have a tune in their mind and they start dancing around how different the world would look than, you know, going to the dog park. And obviously people have fun at dog parks and everything, but what, what would happen if we all had a dog park that was also like a dance dog park? Oh my gosh. I think you're on to something. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll just open my own dance dog park and see how many people well, show up for well, that. Right? We've got people in Atlanta. There's cat yoga. Bring your cat to yoga class. I mean, people are doing that. So the cat why- the cat does the downward dog, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> or there, there's an excuse to be silly because you've got these kittens around you while you're holding whatever pose, and and it makes people laugh while they're doing yoga. So that yoga doesn't become too serious, that there's a lightheartedness to it and yeah. the silliness and the playfulness. Yeah. So take a cue from your pets. So that's a that's a great tip. And oh, I'm yeah. gonna do that myself. My kittens still have the kittenness in them, even though they're four years old. And so does my adult male cat who just turned 10 and uh, was playing with a peacock feather the other day and gave me a nice little scratch on my <laughs> finger there. So Well, I wanted to talk to you about the specific techniques that you use because I'm not familiar with all of them. I am familiar with emotional freedom technique, EFT Mm -hmm. or tapping. And I do use that. I've been, I've been through EFT levels one and two, and I use it quite often in treating trauma and anxiety, Mm -hmm. other things in my therapy practice. How do you use emotional freedom technique in the work you do with your clients? 
Yes, it's a wonderful technique. Um, and I started using it like 20 years ago before it became more popular. And I'm thrilled that therapists are using it now. It can It's like the sauce that you can use with anything. Mm-hmm. You can use it to calm, relax, you know, detox, um, trauma release, getting clear on desire. Um, mm-hmm. Just about any time where people are going, you know, yeah. we can- the congestion, uh, clear up the congestion. congestion. Yeah. So that we don't have to work so hard, you know, that, that the truth of what needs to be experienced just flows in instead of people having to go out and find it. Well, I think I need to do, like anytime someone says, I think I need to do that. It, you can tell it's a mental thing instead of, oh, just feel more open and relaxed. Yeah, it, it works in the uh, acupressure meridian points, mm-hmm. and then it sends the signals to your brain that you're safe, even though you're talking about a problem that you have, and also doing an affirmation. Uh, when you said affirmations, I was thinking, well, I, you know, the way I work with EFT is I don't say the traditional affirmation, which is, even though I have this problem, I deeply and completely love and accept myself, because that will throw probably most of my clients into shock because it was like, I don't believe that. And it's like all these bells and whistles are going off Mm -hmm. and they shut down. So we really spend some time developing the custom affirmation that even though I have this problem, I can appreciate that I have a kind spirit, you know, something that they can really sink their teeth into and believe and buy into. And and then we work them up to that unconditional love and appreciation of themselves. I, I think that's beautiful. And I agree. Sometimes, even though I have this problem, I deeply and completely like, people are like, no, I don't. And so what I sometimes do to get around that resistance is I'll say, actually, I don't. But I'm going to pretend that I do just for now. you know. And then people, they laugh, right? Because we make this kind of humorous. Adele's making me say this or whatever. And it just, you know, because, yeah, you're right. Otherwise, people feel like they're lying to themselves. And then um, we can acknowledge, well, I, I don't believe this, but just for the next five minutes, let me see what it feels like. And right. that takes some of the pressure off a little bit with a little humor. But I think what you just suggested is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that too sometimes with the whole like, yeah, this looks kind of weird. Yeah. This is kind of strange. Or what would that be like? That would be different. And it gets people to move out of the box that they're in and exploring different possibilities. And it, and it does. It, it switches your energy about things. And I've really found that it, it affects me in other areas of life. When I first started doing this was... Uh, was, well, I think it was back in 2007 or 2008. And somebody I knew was going through the certification for EFT. And I started being her test subject. And because it was free therapy, and I love that. And all of a sudden, I didn't feel like upset or irritated at people who would like, come up on me in traffic and flash their lights, I would say, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, it was like yeah. the whole energy had been yeah. disconnected over that. Mm-hmm. I didn't get nervous or tense or speed up or anything. I would say, oh, that's interesting. Figure it out. And- oh, that, that is beautiful. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that's a typical um, uh, result. Because I think a lot of people aren't aware of how many layers of um, – Resentment is one of them, uh, or low level resentment, irritation, anxiety, whatever. You're not even aware of it. And so when you use EFT to start releasing stuff around one problem, some of it, I think, just sort of leaks out like a, you know, like a valve. And so there's the leftover 
quantity of whatever, it's dropped. And then all of a sudden, nothing bothers you anymore. And you didn't even work on irritation with bad drivers. Exactly. Yeah. It's something that just was a, what do they call it? A, a benefit. Of yes. it. And Borrowing also as a, as a practitioner, there's that borrowed benefit that you get mm -hmm. by adjusting your own energy because you're doing the tapping too. I, I can't say enough about emotional freedom technique, and I don't think I've had any practitioner come on and talk about it. So I wanted to spend a oh, little bit awesome. of time seeing that. Oh, it's awesome. You, you could have a whole show on the different ways to tap and, mm -hmm. um, it's an excellent tool. What I encourage people to do is learn the basics for themselves. You can just do it. This is an excellent self-help tool. And then when you're with, you know, your therapist or with me, or you can actually go deeper. It's more efficient, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. and then we can like clear things faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard it said that it's kind of like uh, bowling. So you, you set up the pins really well, and then you put yourself in position and then you hit that sweet spot. That's what a therapist can help you do with EFT is that yeah. they can really provide that perspective so that you can hit this, the sweet spot and, and break down more of that congestion. I love what you said about EFT being the sauce that you can use with anything. I do yeah. use it in hypnotherapy as well. I, uh, with When a person maybe has an app reaction during hypnotherapy, okay. I'll always teach them EFT first. So I'll just say, okay, why don't we just do, usually it's the collarbone point. Mm -hmm. We usually just have them tap on their collarbone. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really a great tool. I have on my, I should probably put it on my Calming the Chaos website or my Calming the Chaos YouTube YouTube page. Uh, and it is a, a couple of, of videos about EFT I should probably put up there. Um, and or do you have one? You you do have a YouTube I, channel. I know that, I, I right? Do, I, I do. I don't know if I put anything out there specific on EFT, but I probably should. I mean, there's hmm. my thought is if, if, the, if YouTube already has boatloads of really good stuff on it, you know, I'm, people can go look at that. But I might as well just do like the basic, you know, the points and and give people um, some instruction on that. I, I'm always intrigued with, you know, the more advanced levels that people, once you've mastered that, like what else can you do with it? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's tons of stuff I'll, I'll get to. When I have yeah, time, I your, your, YouTube. your YouTube channel has quite a few videos on it. I was uh, impressed to look and the link is uh, down below, or you could just, I think it's just under the safe haven healing. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And I think I put something out on TikTok too. I, I can't remember. Mm. Um, we'll have some links to yeah, her social yeah. media in the notes. Uh, her website is safehavenhealing.net. And we do have some pictures of her website here and the services that Adele offers. She's in Atlanta and she does a, a whole variety of energy healing. What is, can you tell me what sound shamanism is? Does that have anything to do with music at all? Um, not really, but it's a way to meditate with certain sounds. Um, they can be, it's a relaxation te technique and can help clear your mind, whether you want to mm. use crystal bowls or water or gongs oh. or, and just, just taking a bath of that can, it's lovely. It's like oh. a spa treatment. Yeah. Well, here is what your website looks like. It says, hi, I'm Adele. I help smart, intuitive, perfectionist women create happiness and success in an imperfect world. I love that mission statement. Do you want to, do you want to say a little bit about your website and services that you offer at sure. uh, safehavenhealing.net? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm very uh, open to communicating with people. Uh, I like to be very approachable. If you want to 
talk with me, just hit me up for a, a, a conversation. I like to hear what's going on with people. Um, I'll get a pretty good sense if I can help them or not. Um, if I don't think I can help, I like to refer out, you know, what's your unique situation? Um, I do have some things coming up that are specific around energy and chaos for women, around the feminine sensuality. Um, there's one coming up in November, Introduction to Spark Your Feminine Presence. That one is uh, a very popular class. So if people are interested, uh, I would say jump on in because uh, once I hit the limit, I'll, everybody will go on a waiting list. I do them, you know, a few times a year. And there's some people who really want to master energy and presence, like mm. these five levels of energy, like they need, you need time, you need a guide, you need a method to work through them. It's not possible to understand energy out of a book. Mm. It just isn't. I mean, I wish I could just write a book or give everybody a pill and say, there it is. But <laughs> the nature of energy, at least for the community that I serve, so much of it is relational. Mm. And you can't fix relational stuff by yourself. Right. I mean, you, you just can't. And so if once upon a time, someone looked at you sideways and hurt your self-esteem when you were five, and we need to like rewire that again, mm. you know, even if you know you have an issue around that, um, the only way my experience has been, the fastest way is to be in community. Mm. Healing must be in community, a good community. And that's what I try to provide. Because a lot of women are sort of trained to be very uber independent, you know, like I, I can figure this out all by myself and I'm lonely as dirt, kind of like I was. So I had to learn how to be in community. I didn't know what it was like. I, I had no idea. You know, I thought, well, I'm smart. I try to help people. And I had no idea of the um, dance between people. That was no. like a huge blind spot for me. Yeah. Now, now, do your events offer the community that you speak of yes. in a sense? Yeah. Okay, so you would go on to your website at yeah. net and click on events, right? Right. There's one called um, Introduction to Spark Your Feminine Presence. It's going to be November 13. I'll send you the link. You can mm -hmm. put it in the show notes or something. I open it a few times a year. Um, they always fill up. So if people are interested, jump on in. But it, it, there's no other way to understand energy other than to experience it. Mm. And that's why, you know, we do our best in books or, or demos or YouTube channel or a podcast. But ultimately, it's an immersive experience. What do you feel in your body? You know, where mm. did your aura go when someone is talking to you? And one of the most important things people need, I feel like, in understanding energy and the chaos is... What is your energy saying to other people? Like most people have no idea. You, you need the feedback, mm -hmm. you know, because you might think you're coming across a certain way. Like I thought I was the bomb, you know, I thought mm -hmm. I was, no, people could feel through that. And well, yeah. And your one of your philosophies is, is that energy is related to spirituality, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and so well, that question of like, what is your energy saying to people could have a spiritual component to it mm -hmm. as well. And I guess when I think of it, I think of fear being like one of the lower vibrational frequencies that a person can have and love being one of the highest, right? So right, right. you know that you, you see a person in fear and you see a person in love and it's totally different energies, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, we think we are fooling people. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. We think we're pretty clever. We think we can see other people's energies, right? But we think we're so smart that everyone else has, you know, we fooled everyone. And maybe you fooled some people, but you're not going to fool everybody all the time. And uh, especially yourself. So if you fooled yourself on your own energy, that's why you're manifesting the same kind of men over and over, or you have an issue with money or like something is going on that you cannot see. And some of it is going to be cognitive, you know, my belief about money or whatever, but a lot of it is where's your sensual energy, mm -hmm. you know, and that requires understanding the body that requires like, how, how do you move, you know? Or, you know, when you're in a party, where do you go? Do you disappear into the curtains? Is your energy blasting the room? Do you go up into outer space? And we do certain practices that will help people see, oh my gosh, that's what I do. Right. And then it's like, then the aha. And then it's like, okay, now we know. Let's, let's practice rewiring it differently so that people can actually feel you when they're talking to you. Hmm. That's fantastic. I love I love that work and the, the whole party analogy too. Like maybe you have energy about being at that party in the first place. So you're there mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah. I really don't want to be here. So people are going to pick up on that, people right? Are pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on your website, you have uh, some uh, a blog too. And mm -hmm. I've read through some of your blog posts are really super smart. And you're, you're a little edgy and smart. And I love your blogs. And I love the titles of your blogs, like Don't Fall Into Spiritual Gymnastics. They're, they're mm -hmm. really super catchy and draws the reader <laughs> in. Do you want to say anything about your blogs or your blog oh, posts? I'm, I can be a little snarky. And because, you know, I wrote those when I was in an edgy mood, you know, and I put it out there. I never imagined people would read them, but you know, on the internet, it takes off because I was tired of the false positivity tone of certain types of coaching. Like, well, just do this and everything will be great. And I'm like, this is not easy being human. And I have found that for me, if I can just share how I am imperfect and all people can relate and they don't feel like they have to I don't know, pretend a certain way. So, um, no, I'm very much not wanting to be miss false positivity or, Hey, you know, figure yourself out in 30 days or less or right. and all that. It's like, but this is worth it. Everybody. I mean, mm -hmm. what else are you going to spend your time doing? Right. right. And, you know, and, and one thing I'm, I uh, talk to clients all the time, especially when they say they're really busy. I'm like, well, you know, um, is this type of um, inner exploration, is it worth the time? Like, you know, you want to put your, your activities, your, your energy, your focus, your money, everything into what matters the most. And, you know, for some people, this is not their thing. You know, they're, they're, they're more comfortable with distraction than growth. And I'm like, great, call me back in six months. They're, they're not ready, right? Other people have said, no, I'm ready. And I'm like, okay, where are you spending your time? If it's only on Netflix or YouTube, maybe let's move some of that time into this bucket. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. yeah, so it's a matter of priorities because everyone's got the same amount of time and we get one life. Let's make it a good one. Some people believe that we have more than one, especially right. the woo-woo people, right? <laughs> yeah. and, well, you know, I interviewed a lady the other day who talked about animals being reincarnated. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. 
right? I, I have a I have somebody that um, I have worked with who says that you have one pet your whole entire life. Their spirit just moves from animal to animal. So, oh, yes. you know, it's so creative and rich, just the experience of working uh, with people and this, this whole idea of energy. And yes, mm-hmm. so Adele is, is, she's edgy and she's authentic. She's, she's the real deal. She's not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) I like to have fun, you know, and because this was what helped me. I was not someone who could be fluffed out of my sadness. I I sort of needed humor. I needed engagement. I needed intellectual um, curiosity that because that of the way I was, I, I had to have all these pieces instead of just be happy, you know, like that, that just, wasn't working for me. I needed, uh, I need, I need a little bit of intellectual. I need, I need something to laugh at. I need a little bit of body work. I need to understand sensuality. And so I'm here to serve people who need that combination because reading books, I mean, they're good, but you know, we need community and dancing too. Now, is this what the the uh, art of feminine presence yeah. in Atlanta? Okay, so there is what you could actually yeah. become a part of that. And here's the thing: it's uh, remote now. I mean, it says Atlanta, but it's uh, the last two years have been strictly Zoomified, so you don't have to be in Atlanta, and it works beautifully. You have to go people from Paris, you know, Montreal. You know, it, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. It's I keep groups small and intimate. But it's for you if you want more purpose and meaning, you want to understand your feminine energy, and you're tired of the grind, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and you're and you're okay with being zoomified because I think yes. you just coined a new word that I've never heard before. But I'm let's like, zoomify. <laughs> we have we have to do the best we can right now. I mean, yeah. I don't know about where you are, but right now is not the best time to have people in a room over mm-hmm. here anyway. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, we'd have to socially distance and have a big, or we'd have to do it outdoors and it's getting a little cold. So barriers, right? There's, there's barriers or congestion that we'd have to sort out, but Zoomified seems to be working for a lot of people. And if it helps create community and you're still able to do it, I'm all uh, for it. Great. Yeah. I'm all for it. Is there anything else you'd like to say in closing again? Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Adele. It was great having you here. Oh, I have enjoyed this conversation. I can't, you know, I'm going to listen to it and then cringe at <laughs> myself. I don't like the way I sound, but, um, but no, I enjoy these conversations. Mm. These are conversations worth having. So if you're mm. out there listening to this podcast, just enjoy, savor it. You know, it's not so much the data that matters. It's the vibe. It's the something's possible. And, and this, this series can help you open to, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And that's how we all create community and keep going. Yes, absolutely. And visit, visit her YouTube channel as well. She's got a lot of really cool things on yeah. it. This is what it looks like. Yeah. It's got me. a lot of really good join, videos. Yeah, join me. TikTok is fun too, because they're shorter. So, you know, YouTube has the long form stuff, but join me on TikTok and there's my, some of the stuff is really wacky and some of it is more serious, you know? Yeah. I know. I'm totally going to find you on TikTok now because I can just imagine what you've produced there. We'll have those social links in the, in the description, in the uh, YouTube and, or in the show notes. So thank you once again, Adele, for You're joining funny. us today and helping us learn about energy, another way to calm the chaos. Thank you for having me. I love this conversation. I love what you're doing with your podcast. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care.
Take care. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If the information in this podcast has been helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can also go to our podcast website at www.calmingthechaospodcast.com, where you can listen to all Calming the Chaos podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.